0: everyone. Welcome back to Through the Eyes of a the Therapist podcast. I'm your host, Crystal Martinez-Acosta. I'm a licensed professional counselor, board certified therapist. We're nearing the end of our second season that explores almost all the mental health professions. I know that we're missing some, but we have a few episodes left and today I'm talking to a career counselor. Her name is Vanessa Bretado Monroy, and she works at a local community college in the El Paso area. Hello, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. And um, I would like for you to tell us a little bit about yourself.
1: Okay, so um, yeah, just like you said, um, I am a career counselor. I currently work at El Paso Community College uh, as a counselor there and assistant professor. I'm currently not teaching at the moment. I am a licensed professional counselor. And in the evenings, I work at Family Services of El Paso, so I do also do conventional therapy um, on the side uh, as well. Um, and that's pretty much me at the moment.
0: Okay. <laughs> yeah. Can you tell us a little bit about your educational background and maybe kind of how you got to become a career counselor?
1: Sure. Sure. So I attended uh, New Mexico State University. Yay, go Aggies. Yay, go Aggies. Yay. We went to the same program.
0: Yay. FYI. But okay,
1: keep talking. Sorry. Okay, it's okay. I have a lot of pride in my school. Um, So yeah, I went there. Um, I was um, full time in the program. It took me two years to complete. It was um, extremely competitive um, to get in there. It was four of us who got in from the pool of I don't know how many applicants that year. Um, so I was very excited to be one of the ones chosen um, to be able to be in the program. Um, it was extremely hard for me, um, and I know that we were talking earlier that it's also it's also, it was also pretty hard for you. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a hard program. It is mm-hmm. it very very hard. Um, I, I remember not being able to. Really see my family during the time that I was going through the program because it's that demanding, you know, sometimes I'd be uh, driving home from Las Cruces to El Paso at one in the morning, you know, and then getting up at six in the morning to send my kids to school. And then that was it. That was the only time I would see them, you know, and then getting home again at one in the morning. By that time, everybody's asleep, so I didn't see my family much, you know. Uh, Breaks and holidays, Uh, I remember staying up doing papers, you know, and reading had so a many books to read. Reading. Yeah, like yeah. you, you have this book to read in the next seven days. You gotta finish it. You know. Mm-hmm. So, um, so yeah, that's pretty much you know all I did uh, in the program. We had to do a thousand hours, right? That worked towards our licensure in New Mexico, and that was awesome. um During those a thousand hours, I interned at um, El Paso Community College for, so
0: as a student intern. As a student intern, okay.
1: yes. Um, I interned there. I didn't even know if they had interns. I went in and I asked and they said yes. I didn't want to do an internship over in Las Cruces. I wanted to do one here since I lived here in El Paso.
0: hmm
1: Um, so I did that one. I also did the psych center. Um, also Peak. Um. And, and those are hospitals? Yes, locally, those uh-huh. um, psychiatric hospitals? Yes, correct. Okay. Um. And so I really, and then the school counseling one that we all had to do during the school counseling class. Mm -hmm. And that one was done over in Las Cruces. What school did you do? I was over at Camino Real Middle. Oh, okay. Uh Uh-huh. Camino Real Middle School. Um, Off of Roadrunner. Okay. Yeah. I remember that. Yes. Yes. That was, that was interesting Mm -hmm. with seventh and eighth graders. Um, And so when I started that, when I knew I wanted to do something in the school, Mm -hmm. like academic wise, Mm -hmm. Um, I just didn't know if I want at that time, if I wanted to do middle or high school or college. Mm -hmm. So I started with the middle school. Right. And after that internship, I liked it, but I felt like I needed more, like I wanted It's in the middle school. You're doing a lot of scheduling, a lot of like just the schedules for the students, Mm -hmm. and that's what takes up most of your time. Mm -hmm. Um, So I didn't want to do that. I wanted more like one on one, Mm -hmm. and so I I decided not to do middle school. And I found out high school was pretty much the same. So um, that's why
0: scheduling and stuff. Yeah,
1: just a lot of scheduling here
0: in El Paso and Las Cruces. I don't know how it works Mm -hmm. in other states, or but. it it is
1: a lot of that like administrative stuff right Mm -hmm. right and maybe you know during the semester you might go out to several classrooms to do a presentation Mm -hmm. but really it's not a lot Mm -hmm. okay so that's when I, I knew I didn't want to do that um so I interned at the college that was my last semester um in the program when I interned at the at El Paso Community College along with the other uh psychiatric hospitals and so, as much as I also like working with um, with clients or patients that are mentally ill, um I also liked when I was interning the career counseling part of it Mm -hmm. and because it was something that we didn't get a lot of in the program Mm -hmm. and I felt I needed to learn more about it Mm -hmm. and so I thought this is more challenging to me because I don't know much about it Mm -hmm. um and it's a venue I want to um, explore like it intrigued you yes yeah yes okay um that and also um I also felt like um marriage and family I only, we only had one class mm-hmm. but I think we touched on it over and over again in other classes mm-hmm. um but really the one in-depth class was the marriage and family mm-hmm. and so if it wouldn't have been career it would have been that mm-hmm. but I said okay let's go ahead and try this career part right and um in interning that semester um it it really, it opened my eyes to something so different. Mm -hmm. Um, It was different even though we had the one client during our program um, because we had a semester to see this client over, or yeah, this student over and over and over again as a client, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Until the end. And it was a little different at the college because it's more Mm -hmm. fast-paced. When I interned, I interned at the Trans Mountain Campus, Okay. Um, our population there is more heavily based on military. Okay. Okay. Um, which is a lot different from Verde. Valle you have all your brand new, straight out of high school, eighteen-year-olds, mm-hmm. which is a different population. I'm not saying that military don't go there; they do, but not as much as a Mountain campus. Mm-hmm. It's a much smaller campus. It's just dynamics are different Mm -hmm. so when I interned there I learned so much my coordinator who is still the same coordinator when I first started um has been doing this for 36 years oh wow So he has a lot to share Mm -hmm. and um he's an open book and he loves to talk about you know how career has changed in the past you know three four decades I can imagine yes how it's changed you know um but the theories are pretty much the same Mm -hmm. You know, um, now we have technology and it is a lot easier when it comes to that, but it pretty much has stayed the same. Mm -hmm. Um, And so um, I was able to pick his brain and learn a lot from him during Mm -hmm. that time because I only had the one career class. And so that was very interesting. And, you know, he said, if you want, you have a job here. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to try this. You must have been a really good intern. I hope so. <laughs> I hope that's why they kept me. <laughs> um, and so so he said, you know what? If you want, in June, like I, we graduated in May, and he's like, you could start in June. Wow, you know, that's like incredible. the middle of June or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, yeah, I don't have anything else. Like other places I would have to apply and see if I get hired. Mm-hmm. Why not? Let's try this. I can always, you know, if I decide later, change and go somewhere else, right? Mm-hmm. So I did, and I'm still there, you know, what is it, nine years later. Wow. I'm still there. Yeah?
0: That's yeah. awesome. So you found something that you really liked, and you stuck with it. But I think also what contributed to your choice is having those different experiences in your internship mm-hmm. and being like, mm, not quite that school counseling stuff, and then not quite working with severely mentally ill people, but career- I feel like is a little bit more unique, like, in our region. Like, I don't, it's not like I go and I'm like, oh, let me go find a career counselor. You have, you know, like, I happened to see one of your posts on Facebook or something about how long you had been at EPCC, and I was like, is she like a real, like a, not a re- I, don't wanna, I don't want to, I don't want to sound insulting, <laughs> but, but I'm that. like, is she a real career counselor, like what we talked about in class? Like, is that, is that something people do, or is that like... So, when I reached out to you, I was really excited because I'm like, oh, I have so many questions. Um, so, you went to MSU, so did I. Uh, that program was really hard, and I'm glad you agree with me that, objectively, it was one of the hardest things you had to do in your life it because absolutely. it was the same for me. Absolutely, yes. <laughs> and, you know, I'm really tempted to talk about, like, other programs and, like, how it, I don't, it doesn't seem like it was that rigorous for other people. But let's just not go there. I don't want to be rude. <laughs> and then, um... <laughs> also, you... So you chose career counseling because it was something... You. It was something that was fascinating to you. And it also sounds like it's something that kind of just, like, clicked with you. Like your... The way your brain works or your personality or something.
1: Yes. Um, I've... I, I've always said that I could have been a professional student my whole life. I love mm-hmm. school. And I think mm-hmm. being part of a school, mm-hmm. um... And helping other people find their way, what they want to do was important for me. Mm -hmm. Um, And I, I know that, I don't know if for other people, but I've spoken to tons of students and colleagues and just family members and friends that they didn't get a lot of guidance in high school. Mm-hmm. From the counselor. Well, because they were busy scheduling. They were busy scheduling. Yeah, exactly. That or if change. you were in the
0: top 10, then they would pay special exactly. attention to you, which it's, I think is totally wrong. Exactly.
1: It's it, wrong. It's wrong. It's <laughs> it wrong. is wrong. Because what about everybody else, which is yes. the, the majority of the people? We're right? all going to contribute to society somehow. It, absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, wow. Yeah. And so, um, and I don't agree on that, that, you know, only a certain population should be. Uh, Taken special consideration? Mm-hmm.
0: No, I don't. I don't like in guided. That. Like, oh, you've shown some potential. Like, uh-huh. you're able
1: to get some A's. I know you're crosses. gonna go somewhere because you're doing this. What about everybody else? Just because yeah. maybe they've got more Bs than As, or um, like they say, you know, Cs get degrees, right? Right. And <laughs> there's studies.
0: I think you're probably know more about this, but like there's studies that show that people who were like, average or below average in high school can really succeed in college and, like, get really, because I was one of those. I was, like, a C student, Mm -hmm. but I graduated with 4.0 in my Mm -hmm. grad program, so it's,
1: like, that is not a predictor of, like, anything. Success. No, it is not. It is not. I think Mm -hmm. sometimes, speaking to students, they say I was just very immature in high school, okay? Yeah. Um, I I didn't. I was boy crazy. (laughs) Not gonna lie. Everybody's different. Yeah, Yeah, I was. You know, too busy doing this or partying or whatever, Uh having fun. Or my my home life wasn't very stable. There's so many reasons why the students' grades were not as great in high school. And I don't look at their high school transcript. They always come in and they're like, "Oh my god, Miss, don't look at my high school. I'm not even gonna look at. I don't even open that document. You know what? It doesn't matter. That's Mm -hmm. in the past." This is a brand new beginning for you. Mm -hmm. You're going to make what you want out of it. Yeah. That's it. And every semester is a new beginning. Just because you had one hard semester doesn't mean that every semester from now on is going to be like that. It's going to be like Mm -hmm. that. You know, Mm -hmm. we all, especially um, first year in college students, have a really hard time adjusting. Mm -hmm. Okay. Especially if school is not your forte. Mm -hmm. Okay. And some of them will come out and say, you know what, I'm just. School is hard for me. Mm-hmm. You know, I really have to put a lot into it. And that's that's fine. Mm-hmm. That's what we're here for is to help you. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, with that said, it's not a predictor, absolutely not a predictor of how successful you are going to be later. Mm-hmm.
0: It's yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I agree. So I wanted to know a little bit, now that you started talking about how you kind of like see students, um, they come to you for help. What exactly is that process like? So, a student can come in, um, are they required to meet with you, or is it something that they choose to do if they know about the center that you're working at, or how does that work?
1: Okay, so... Um with us there at El Paso Community College, they do have to see a counselor. There's counselors and there's advisors, okay? Okay. And so we do everything advisors do, but advisors don't do everything that counselors do. Okay. So advisors would be anybody they can um, give you a degree plan. They can tell you what classes you need to take, mm-hmm. um, stuff like that. They can tell you, okay, we have this resource, that resource. But counselors really um, help the student explore when they're undecided. Or they have multiple options or choices and they kind of are hard, having a hard time deciding which one they want to do, mm-hmm. okay? Um, and that is where um, where I would come in to say, okay, let's find out, you know, what is going to be best for you, mm-hmm. okay? And always have option B, C, and D. Option mm-hmm. A may not work out, okay? Yeah, that's So true. you should always have plan B, plan C, plan D. You just never know, right? And um, the, the real world of work, you know, um, it may be the job that you're wanting to do may be great now. Like the job outlook is awesome right now, but by the time you graduate, it may not be. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we need to look at different options, right? Right. And so there, yes, at EPCC, it is mandatory. Everybody as a new student or a transfer student has to see a counselor. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, and pretty much, once you see a counselor, everybody has like this hold. Um, I guess it's on like the system, mm-hmm. and we have to go in there and remove the hold once you've been seen. You cannot register for classes without seeing that the counselor oh, or advisor. Okay. Yeah. Right? And so once they see us, that means that you've already spoken to me. We've declared some type of major, right, in the system. Um, I've printed out the degree plan with you or multiple degree plans. Mm-hmm. Um, I've advised you as to what classes to take. Okay. Um, if you need testing, I figure that out. Um, and the Texas has a Texas Success Initiative exam. It's mm-hmm. the TSI. Um, and that pretty much tests you in reading, writing, and math if you're not already exempt coming from high school. Um, because if you already took dual credit English and math, you're exempt. You don't have to test. Mm-hmm. But if you didn't, then you uh, and if your SATs or SATs are not high enough, then you will need to test um, with the TSI. Okay. OK, and then that'll determine whether you're ready for college level classes or not. You may have mm-hmm. to take something under college level, which are remedial classes. Yeah. Developmental courses. Mm-hmm. Right. And a lot of students have a hard time with that. Because mm-hmm. they're like, oh, I'm not smart enough to be in college if I'm taking something that's not college ready, mm-hmm. you know? And I tell them sometimes, you know what, we, we forget. Okay, mm-hmm. what if you've been out of high school for a couple of years and you didn't come to college right away? You mm-hmm. forget all this. You don't practice it, right? Mm-hmm. Or maybe you didn't learn it as well as you might have thought in high school, mm-hmm. you know? Maybe that's why you had a C in pre-Cal Um, because you didn't, it didn't stick with you. You didn't learn it. Right. Mm -hmm. And so now that you're taking this test after a couple of years, or even if you're straight out of high school and you didn't learn it well, you might, um, you might test a little lower. And then there's always the test test anxiety. Well, I don't test well, you know? Mm -hmm. And so that's not always a determination of what you know. Right. That's true. That's totally true. You know, they're really anxious about, oh my God, it's college and, Mm -hmm. um, and i need to test and what if i don't do well and mm-hmm. so all this is going on in their mind and and um and they're venturing into a new area in their life and so all these emotions are yeah. in them when they're testing and so again i always tell them you know what you can always retest mm-hmm. or take this course and it'll help you it always helps to review always mm-hmm. you know maybe you need a review especially in math mm-hmm. and i think it's like it's pretty high about 85% of students Test in remedial math. Yeah, I did. I had to take remedial math. Math is not everybody's strongest point. No. (laughs) I (laughs) think (laughs) it's like 15% of our population that tests really well in math. And everybody else is like one right below college level. They're taking intermediate algebra because they need that review. Mm -hmm, You know, mm -hmm. and it's okay. That's fine, you know. Um, That way it ensures that you do well in pre-cal. Right. Once they know, okay, the next class is going to be pre-cal you know, um, then ma- prepared, Then, like, yeah, I think I should review it, you know, uh-huh. before I go into pre-cal, which has a lot of trig in it and stuff. So, uh-huh. and then it's calculus one and so forth and so on. So, um, once I explain it that way and they can kind of see the sequence, then they're uh-huh. like, oh, okay, yeah, then I, they feel better about, yeah, you know what, I think I do need this review. Uh-huh. Versus, know?
0: let's stick you in pre-cal, or right. whatever like level you're supposed to, quote unquote, be at, and then fail right and take it like a million times or get kicked out or put on probation or whatever right. other consequences there are. Right. So.
1: And that's another thing that we explain to them. Um, as a career counselor, I also um, present at new student orientations. So for about an hour and a half, I talk. I talk about the degree plans, what we have to offer, transferability, what happens if you don't maintain a 2.0. You know, there's probation, there's suspensions. Um, What happens if you're on probation and suspension to your financial aid? Because a lot of our population, I would say it's pretty high, about almost 90% of our students are on financial aid. Mm -hmm. This is a low income community. Mm -hmm. Okay, let's face it. And so our parents don't have money to pay for our college Mm -hmm. for the most part. And that's why they're going to community college because they can't afford the university at this point. Mm -hmm. And so um, a lot of them are on financial aid. Okay. Mm -hmm. And so there are uh, consequences to that. If you drop too many classes, um, if you fail, obviously. Um, If you don't take a certain amount of classes a year, Mm -hmm. also that impacts your financial aid. And then we still have on top of that the military population, um, their VA benefits and how those work. They're very strict about that. Mm -hmm. They also have to maintain a certain GPA. They can't drop classes because then they owe that money back. And so there's all these levels of different types of aid that as a counselor, I would need to know Mm -hmm. because I need to explain to my student, if you do this, it's going to impact you in this way, not just your classes. And it's going to take you longer to graduate or transfer, but also financially, it's going to affect you in this way. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, along with that, any type of policies that the state of Texas, um, puts on us and it's like every semester, there's more rules, more state mm-hmm, rules. Mm-hmm. We are state funded. So um, so we, I have to keep on top of that mm-hmm. as well and how that's going to impact the student, obviously. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah.
0: So, it, I mean, you have to be totally aware of the system you work in as a counselor, as a therapist. Um, and it sounds like being a career counselor comes with a bunch of extra information that you have to have, like, at your fingertips or, like, know it, kind of like... like the back of your hand kind of thing so that you can explain to students this is why we're doing this and there's a reason for it right absolutely could you explain a little bit about um how career counseling is different from maybe conventional therapy as far as assessments and
1: interventions sure yeah so it's not that much different actually um the instruments may be a little different, but you still approach it the same way. so pretty much you um there's aptitude and achievement assessments that that we use, okay? But depending on the student um, as you get to know them and talk to them, um you want to know their background. you want to know a little bit about their family mm-hmm. um, and what they do for a living, mm-hmm. okay. And um, if that's going to influence what they choose. And a lot of times it does. um, Parents' messages are very strong. And a lot of the times the student goes with what the parent wants them to do.
0: Mm -hmm. Like I want you
1: to become a Dr. Miko or whatever. Right. So they're like, okay. Or (laughs) this is the family business and we want you to take over the business, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Because you're the only one that is going to do this. Let's say you're the only child and you know what? Your parents are expecting you to take over this business and they want you to get this business degree, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And you know if you don't, that business is going to go down. Mm Mm-hmm. And you're going to feel horrible, right? (laughs) Right. Mm -hmm. But they're telling me, but I really want to be a lawyer or I really want to be a teacher. Mm -hmm. So you need to know what messages are coming from their family, right? Mm -hmm. And if they're going to be able to live with the fact that they may not go down that route and they may disappoint their family.
0: Right, yeah. Right? Which is a huge letdown. And that
1: could add a whole other slew of... Problems on right. the student, yeah. absolutely. Or there's parents that come with their students and they say, "I'm paying for your school, so you will be taking this." Oh my gosh, yeah. There's that yeah. also, right? Mm-hmm. And so you have to be ready as a counselor <laughs> <For> <laughs> to anything. deal with the family as well, <laughs> yeah, or the significant other that they come in with.
0: Mm-hmm. You know what mm-hmm. I mean?
1: Um, and and so you're not just dealing with the one person; you're dealing with all these other messages, like the
0: system, yeah,
1: right? Whatever they learned. Or their influence whatever they were influenced by right yeah their values come into play Mm -hmm. sometimes their religious values come into play Mm -hmm. okay so you need to be aware of that as well Mm -hmm. so i think these are all things that you also have to be aware of in conventional therapy right yeah Mm -hmm. it all comes into play Mm -hmm. you have to look at the person holistically Mm -hmm. right and the same goes when you're um doing career counseling Mm -hmm. same thing Um, Just like I said, the assessments um, are different. For example, if the student is wanting to go into the military, then you're going to use the ASVAP, right? Mm -hmm. If the student is completely um, undecided, then you want to give them the strong interest interest inventory, the Myers-Briggs, to find out what are their skills and interests, Mm -hmm. right? And then we can go from there.
0: Yeah, I remember taking that like mm-hmm. for pretend or whatever. It was real, mm-hmm. but yeah, uh, in our program. And I think my top three because it gives you like three things, right? Mm-hmm. Like at the top, one of the first one was. Law enforcement, or something like that. Oh, wow. Yeah. (laughs) The second one was CEO or something of a company. And I'm like, what? And then the last one was like social work Uh or something. I'm like, interesting. Yeah. I wonder how these will combine later in my life. Right? (laughs) But yeah, it's a good, I like that test. It's always fun. Like, self discovery is always fun. Oh, absolutely. I can see how it'd be necessary for students who maybe are super undecided. Like, they're just like, my mom's making me come to college or i know i want to get an education but i don't know what to do with my life and so those things can be really helpful
1: oh yeah absolutely and and there's i mean there's other things other barriers sometimes like i want to be a nurse but i have um a felony
0: oh yeah what do
1: you do there like legal stuff that
0: can prevent right. the student from like taking pursuing. the NCLEX. You can't sit for the NCLEX if you have felony.
1: Oh my gosh! Right? Wow. So there's certain licensures that won't that 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 are required for that um, career, but if the student has things like this, let's say they don't disclose them to you. And then they go through mm-hmm. the program and everything, they and time and money and-, and everything, and then, oops, it's happened. <gasps> so oh as a God. career counselor, mm-hmm. you need to ask the correct questions to help the st- the student doesn't know what to ask when they're in front of you. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like in therapy, in conventional therapy, mm-hmm. right? It's You're like, kind of yeah okay, but you gotta kind of mm-hmm. guide them with those questions to to get that information out of them, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's like pulling teeth. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right? I can imagine. And so um, you gotta get a little creative, but um, but if you probe correctly, you get the right information, the correct information that you need to help guide them in the right path. Mm-hmm. And it's same with conventional therapy.
0: Yeah. It's you know, true.
1: They have goals. You know, I want this, this, I want a PhD, or I want a master's, or no, I just want the bachelor's, you mm-hmm. know, and then later I want to do this, and then I want to do that. And they have their goals. Mm-hmm. Um, and and it, it's important that you ask them so that way, even though they're just starting, because community college, they're just starting, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I need to know that so that I can help them with that foundation mm-hmm. so that they can later go that route. Yeah, you know. yeah. And even though it's community college, we do have technical programs that are terminal. Two-year terminal degrees, for example, x-ray technician,
0: mm-hmm. let's just say,
1: right? That's a two-year program, it's technical, they finish um, the classes, they sit for the state licensure, and then they go work. Mm-hmm. And some of them just want to do that, and they're happy with that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, you know? no, it sounds like your job is to help them explore...
0: And have also take away kind of like either, not take away, but help mitigate family influence, stigma associated with certain careers. Like, oh, my mom wanted me to be a lawyer or whatever, but I want to be an x-ray technician. Like, (laughs) that's a huge gap in education, I guess, Mm -hmm. and like other things. But really, the student's going to be the one who's going to be in that career forever. Or not forever, but, you know, for. They're going to invest their time and brain and energy into that. So might as well have it be something that fits them.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's tricky. Finding what fits for you. Mm -hmm. And like I tell them, um, you're the one that's going to get up every day to go to work. Mm -hmm. Your mother won't. Your father won't. You will. Mm -hmm. And if you're miserable... You know, you're going to end up coming back to school when you're 50 or 60 and saying, okay, now I can come and do what I finally wanted to do when I was 19. Yeah. But I couldn't. And I have those cases where they come back, they're 50, 60 years old. They've been working, let's say, in law enforcement for 30 years. Oh, my gosh. And they were so unhappy. But you know what? They had a family. They had kids to feed. They had a mortgage. They couldn't just stop and go to school. Mm -hmm. And they were the only ones working. Right, And so now after the kids are grown and gone and, and now that they can retire, they can come back and finally do what they wanted to do 30 years ago. Mm-hmm. But all this time they were unhappy.
0: You know what I wonder about? I was talking to an older person the other day at an elote place. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> and she, I don't
0: know how we got into it. Well, first, because I'm a therapist, I think people can like, I don't know if they sense it, but like just the wick. I can't turn it they off. They just start to open up. Yeah, they just start. Uh-huh. So this lady don't was telling me about, yeah. I'm yeah. Like, <laughs> okay, you know, and this lady was telling me about how they, she, when she was in school, she must have been like 60. When she was in school, they gave her a test and she's like, thankfully, I knew how to type. Because that's how I fed my family for, like, 40 years or whatever. Um, and I'm amazing. like, whoa, like, that's so different from, well, first of all, the counselors didn't pay friggin' attention to me, like, in high school because I was a C student, remember? So mm-hmm. I was like, every man for themselves. Go ahead. Figure it out. Right. Which I feel like, what's better, like, taking a test and telling me, like, you're going to be a really good typist. You should be a receptionist somewhere versus, like not being paid attention to, I think those are two extremes, but I think (laughs) that, um, there's this whole generation of people who like kind of got filtered through these like guidance counselors in Mm -hmm. high schools Mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, maybe didn't really go after what they actually desired. It was just like, here's this aptitude, maybe test or something, and this is what you should do. Right. So go
1: ahead, go do that. Right. And it's that's like, not always correct. As right. we know, We know um, even in conventional therapy, they take assessments, mm-hmm. right? But who knows the client best? Themselves. Themselves. Yeah. You can't mm-hmm. just go off of that one assessment or two assessments, you know? And be like, this is what you have. This right. is what you should do. No, absolutely not. It's mm-hmm. in talking to them and, and finding out what's going on with them, figuring stuff out together, you know, Mm -hmm. and then that's how you find out, okay, this is really what's going on, Mm -hmm. you know. And a lot of the times um, it it is, uh, you know, for the most part, it goes hand in hand, assessment with what they tell you, but Mm -hmm. sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes it's off. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: What's going on here, you know? Maybe there's something else. Mm -hmm. So, So you have to
0: explore that with them, like, why does this say this, but that says that? Like, what does that mean?
1: Like, for you. Mm-hmm. You know, your first choice was um, law enforcement. Which but you're saying you want to be a therapist. You know, it doesn't go hand in hand. Why?
0: Yeah, I have no idea. Right? You know what? Honestly, I think at the time, I was really into, like, obstacle racing and, like, physical fitness kind of mm-hmm. thing. So I think maybe it did something like that. Right. But <laughs> I was like, I don't carry a gun. Like, I've never shot a gun. Like, that's just not something that's in me. Right. Um. But anyway... Yeah. yeah, but you would explore. It happens. So when a student comes to you uh, and then let's say they have to take uh, some assessments and they need some extra intervention, what's like the average length of time um, that a student would come see you? Like, is it by appointment and it's like for a whole month or for like?
1: So the way it works there, it's um, we've got 30,000 students at community college. That's a lot. Citywide, yeah. right? About. Roughly. Right. Okay. There's 40 of us for 30,000 students. Oh my God. That's a lot. So So each of you get like (laughs) 10,000 or 11,000. Right. (laughs) That's a lot. It Mm -hmm. is a lot. So, um, the only time that I actually would sit for 50 minutes is a a student that comes in crisis, like something's going on and Mm -hmm. that would be your conventional therapy. I do that over at the college, no matter what it's Mm -hmm. free. They walk in, Um, I need to see someone they're usually in tears they're in distraught like I need to see someone now I'm available come right in Mm -hmm. it's usually never by appointment um, unless a student calls me or something like hey you know what Um, I'm at work but I have an hour for lunch can I go see you something like that Mm -hmm. then I'll be like okay yeah what time do I expect you at and so I try not to have anybody at that time I'll tell Mm -hmm. the front staff hey you know what Um, I'm expecting somebody because they're going to come in in a rush or whatever. They don't really have a lot Mm -hmm. of time. But normally, it's on a walk-in basis. Students come in. There's two secretaries up at the front. I'm here to see a counselor. They ask what do you need? Well, I need classes for next semester. Or I need to change my major. Or I'm undecided. Or it could be, oh, so many things. I'm here to drop my classes. Um, or, um, my transcript just got here. I transferred in. I want to know if all my classes transfer. There's so many questions, right? Mm-hmm. And so, um, once they go through that screening process, um, then it's like whoever's available to see that student, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um, advisors can't see students that are under probation or suspension usually, or are ready to graduate okay. or are under crisis. Um, so then, um, I, if I'm available, I just go up to the front, call the student in. OK, mm-hmm. i I've never seen this student a lot of times. This is the first time I'm seeing them. Um, then they come in and that's where, the, depending on what it is they need. I always ask, you know, what is it that you're here for? What do you need? Mm-hmm. OK, mm-hmm. and then we take it from there. It goes, you never know who you're going to have in front of you, just like any any client. Mm-hmm. It can yeah. go in any it's direction. True. Right. Yeah, you got to be prepared for any question quickly. Yeah, or not right. Or you don't totally know. If they're, yeah, you don't know if they're there because mm-hmm. they're upset. Yeah. Or they're just so confused. Yeah. You know, or they're just so excited to start school. You just never know what you're going to get. Do you ever get students that are just like, well, I have to get this hold taken off.
0: Like, I just need to register. Right. Like, like
1: hurry up. Yeah, they don't <laughs> like, like, yeah, a lot of times they do. They already know what they need to register for if they're following their degree plan. We have very few that do that. Trust me. And oh, wow. there are some students that I give them the same degree plan every semester because they already lost it. Mm. I'm like, take a picture with your phone. Like, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? If you're not good with papers, like me, I lose papers. I take pictures of everything. You guys have phones now. Like, Mm -hmm. that's so much easier than carrying a folder with papers. uh, Yeah, I'm just flashing back to, like, when I had to do
0: my own degree plan at UTEP and stuff. And it was really uh, tedious. Like, I'm just not good with... Paper. I have, like, eight copies of the same thing and, like, a full... I'm not even, like, throwing it away because I'm, like, scared. Yeah, (laughs) like, somebody is going to ask me for it in, like, five years or something. (laughs) I'm like, I'm never going to throw it away. But, yeah, anyway, I mean, so you get all different kinds of people and you have to be really prepared for anybody. For anybody, anything that walks in. So there's... The advisors can see certain, like, levels of students and then the therapists or the counselors can see... Like higher level or higher need, like kind of students.
1: Right, right. Okay. And that brings me to another thing because you said therapists. So we're not all therapists. Not all counselors are our therapists. Not all of them have gotten their LPC. Um, There's very few of us actually that are LPC that actually will see students that do come in mm-hmm. with crises. Um, and when they do come in with a crisis, so the, um, the college doesn't want us doing any type of long term therapy. Okay. okay. Even though we have our own health insurance, our own health insurance, are our own um, malpractice insurance. Mm-hmm. Um, they they don't have insurance on us per se. Yeah, because it's not like a clinical setting, right? Okay. Absolutely. But if they are in crisis, we are mandated to see them. Obviously, just like anything else, and mm-hmm. we go over um, limits of confidentiality, everything. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I do a progress note afterwards that I keep on my own. Um, if they ever come back. Okay. Um, Normally, we refer them out Mm -hmm. if it's something that I can't do. Some type of like um, it's not short-term therapy, but it's like a crisis intervention type of thing that I can help you with. Like right now, Mm -hmm. you're gonna need more therapy for this. Then I refer you for them out. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then I ask them, you know, do you have insurance, or is would you be paying out of pocket, stuff like that? So that's where like kind of like your social work skills come in. (laughs) You're not a social worker, but you kind of have to know. The resources out there, mm-hmm. right? And so I find them, or I, sometimes I'll pick up the phone and I'll call and say, "Hey, you know what? Um, this student needs this," you know, um, mm-hmm. and then you know they they take care of it after that. So so yeah, I mean you you gotta be ready for for anything pretty much. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there's times that some of them will say like, you know what? Can I come see you again? Mm-hmm. You know, um, and I I never say no. Yes, you can come see me again, mm-hmm. but we can't make this a habit. You will need to get referred out because of what's going on with you. You need more help than what I can offer you at the college. Mm-hmm. It's not that I'm not prepared to because mm-hmm. I have the training to, but the college just doesn't, doesn't want that mm-hmm. at the moment. Right. We're trying to change that. Mm-hmm. Um, hopefully we can have a um, counseling office where students come in just for for that, like Mm -hmm. over at UTEP.
0: Yeah, like a counseling
1: center, Mm -hmm. like a a
0: little bit more of a clinical setting for college students.
1: Right, and because a lot of universities do have that. Mm -hmm. There are some community colleges in Texas that have that, and so Mm -hmm. we're trying to figure out how we can go about doing that. I'm currently on a committee. Uh, Besides doing the counseling part, we have to be on committees. Um, And pretty much, you know, committees are all about changing things and making things better mm-hmm. and so um we're current I'm currently on a committee to um to get a counseling center oh cool that yeah. would be awesome that would be awesome yeah
0: because not every everybody ends up at a university right. but it doesn't mean they don't need support during that time Absolutely. that they're there Absolutely. um I guess that's a good segue to the next question which is kind of a day in the life of Vanessa oh <laughs> Like, what other kinds of things or what, just describe kind of like your day or your week or your job and, um, because we're curious to know, the listeners want to know, like what does a career counselor do? Somebody who works at a community college, like what could they expect if they decide to get into this career?
1: Absolutely. So it is pretty fast paced Mm -hmm. um, for the most part. Um, you have to be on your toes and and ready because you don't know what student is going to walk in, right? Mm -hmm. Or what type of student is going to walk in. Um, But pretty much it's... I mean, my schedule is like 7.30 to 4.30 Monday through Friday. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, For the most part, 50% of my time is working with students Mm one-on-one. Okay. But as as a counselor, you are also designated certain programs. So I... um, I work with the Trans Mountain Early College High School. Mm -hmm. um, And those are students that are going through high school and also getting their associate's degree at the same time. By the time they graduate, they have associates already, which they didn't have to pay for. It was free. Plus, they have their high school credits, right? Right. So I work with the Trans Mountain Early College High School counselors uh, daily. Daily, it's phone calls back and forth, emails back and forth. I have two counselors over at the Trans Mountain Early College High School that I help. Mm-hmm. Um, and really I work with the college part of it and they work with the high school part of it. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I make sure that those students are going to graduate on time with their degree. Uh, currently the Transbound Early College High School, uh, is only, uh, we're only offering the Associate of Science and Multidisciplinary Studies. So okay. they have to do four sciences. They have to go all the way up to Cal 1. They don't have a choice. They have that path. That's the path. It's a, STEM. Mm. it's a STEM high school. Okay. Um, so um, I'm constantly on the phone and like I said, emails with the Transmount Early College High School. Mm-hmm. I am also the designated culinary counselor, which I take care of culinary, restaurant management, pastry, travel and tourism. Um, so those programs, any student that walks in, I usually see them. Oh, interesting. I have a backup if I'm not there. But normally if I'm there, I see those students and I advise those students one on one. Um, I do the um, orientation for them, which is different from new student orientation. We have like a culinary orientation. Mm -hmm. Anybody wanting to go into like the hospitality operations type of thing. Mm -hmm. I do that orientation for them. Mm -hmm. Um, I advise them. Um, again, I make sure that um, they go through the program seamlessly seamlessly and are able to graduate. Mm -hmm. Those are technical programs. They're not transferable, per se. Mm -hmm. Okay. I am also one of the designated general health counselors. So Mm -hmm. students wanting to go into any health career, they would see me, and I would give them kind of the general information as far as um, how it works at community because our health programs are housed over at the Rio Grande Campus. Okay. Okay. And these are all technical programs. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Anybody, any counselor can advise for the BSN, the Bachelor's of Science in Nursing, or if I want to be a doctor, those ones anybody can advise. But mm-hmm. for the health careers um, that EPCC offers, they're so specialized, they have mm-hmm. so many little um, requirements. Mm -hmm. that we need to make sure that we explain them correctly. So there's several of us across the district that are trained to do that. Okay. So I see those students um, as well. Okay. So like the ones who you were saying earlier, like a radiology technician Mm -hmm. or like
0: things like that. Right.
1: But -hmm. then I also see any student that walks in that I'm doing English, I'm doing a math major, I'm doing uh, I want to be a lawyer, um, I want to be a teacher, all those ones, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, Along with Um, If they are going to transfer, which all those do, normally I need to um, kind of be familiar with where they want to transfer. What are the requirements that UTSA wants? What are the requirements that Texas Tech wants? What are the requirements that Berkeley wants? So um, not only do I need to be aware of the requirements that EPCC offers, right, that they have on their degree plan, I also need to look into when they transfer. Mm -hmm. I'm not just like, good luck, bye. Bye. Mm -hmm. You're done here. (laughs) No, like, (laughs) yeah, I I need to help you get where you want to go. Right. 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 And so let's go ahead and tailor the classes that you need here to what Berkeley wants Mm -hmm. or to what Cal State wants or wherever it is you want to go. You know, that's an interesting thing. I
0: wonder because you talk about how you want to prepare the student it's like a comprehensive assessment or treatment plan right kind Mm -hmm. of thing that's how Mm -hmm. I'm thinking of it because I'm a I'm kind of like this regular therapist over here so I'm like okay you want to help the client get to where they want to be but you want it to be accurate you want it to be you know a good plan not just like okay this is what you need get out kind of thing um however when I was at (laughs) UTEP And I don't know. Um, I'm going to say it. I don't care. And I'm not going to edit it out. But, um, like, I swear, like, I didn't know. Well, first of all, the one of my friends, um, you need a major and a minor, right, mm-hmm. to graduate. He didn't know that. And I'm like, did your advisor, like, not tell you that? And he's like, no. And I'm like, so, mm, so it's sad. just sad, right? Because yeah. it's like, what is up with, and I've heard countless count, like, countless, like, stories of that kind of stuff happening, not necessarily at EPCC. I don't think I've ever heard one at EPCC, but at least at, like, other universities where it's like, oh, I didn't know I need to take that class. Right. Or whatever. And I don't know, is that something, one, that you run into often? And two, do you think it's because advising and counseling are different? Or, I don't know, like, what do you attribute that to?
1: So I do hear this a lot. A lot. More than you would know. At least in a day, I hear it about—I don't know, maybe four times in oh a day. Oh my god, that's a lot. Yes, it is a lot
0: per counselor. So let's say there's forty of you, and each of you hear it four times a day. Right. That's twenty times a week times forty counselors. Mm-hmm. That's a lot. Right. It is a
1: lot. <laughs> I'm like, that's it a lot. It is a lot. I'm like what? the... <laughs> and it's like <laughs> together, UTEP. Like, <laughs> and Jeez. most of our students, a good mm-hmm. eighty to eighty-five percent, go to UTEP, and a lot of mm-hmm. them are dual enrolled. Right. They're going there and they're coming here to EPCC mm-hmm. because, oh, my advisor said I needed this class and you guys offer it and it's cheaper. Right. Mm-hmm. And so they're going back and forth mm-hmm. and they're hearing different information sometimes. Right. Mm-hmm. I need to know about UTEP. UTEP doesn't really need to know about us. Why? Mm-hmm. My student is going to them. Mm-hmm. Right. It's usually not the reverse way.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know what I mean? Yeah. And so it, it's a lot of information that I am responsible for because this is the student's career that they're probably going to do for the rest of their life they're investing Mm -hmm. a lot of time and money again Mm -hmm. right and so I do feel very responsible I want to make I want to know Mm -hmm. what's out there I need to help them figure that out as well you know because it's yes we have the internet and there's so much information but where do you even start you know I have Thank God that I have networked and I know a counselor at Texas Tech. I know a counselor at UT Austin. I can call them and say, hey, you know what? I have this student wanting to transfer there. Um, This is what they're taking now. Is this going to be correct? Mm -hmm. Is this what you want? Is this what the program wants? Mm -hmm. You know, stuff like that. So. Not, and I'm not saying that it doesn't happen at EPCC. I'm sure it does. Not every counselor is going to be as thorough as another one. Mm-hmm. Okay. Some of them will be like, okay, you call, this is the number, you call UT Austin and find out what you're going to need there mm-hmm. and bring that degree plan to me and then I'll help you, mm-hmm. you know, or some will say, go research it yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, it just depends. Mm-hmm. Uh, How much it's like any other therapist. It just depends on how thorough or whatever. How much time and effort you want to invest in that student. Mm -hmm, You mm -hmm. know what I mean. Um, The sad thing is that when you have a line and there's a waiting of two hours Mm -hmm. to to be that thorough is kind of hard sometimes. Mm -hmm. So when that happens, what I do is like you know what. Um, we are busy. You see, you waited like two hours. I'm going to try and help you with what you need right now. But I want you to come back in like two weeks when we're less busy so that I can go ahead and give you all the transferring for all that mm-hmm. other stuff. And that gives me time to um, print out all the information, call, make calls and stuff so that when I have the student in front of me, I'm able to give them the information. It like goes a lot little faster. more thorough. Yeah. Yes. Okay. And, and So there's times that we can be real thorough and there's times that it's the time doesn't allow us to. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, if a student walks in and it's five twenty nine, we gotta we gotta see them even if we close at five thirty. That means you're probably gonna stay till six mm-hmm. after mm-hmm. you know it's closed. You know, right? Uh, and, and so, if you have an, uh, you know fifty students waiting outside, you need to be a little faster. Mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. know, yeah. and so. Did that answer that question? It did. I think it did. I think
0: it's just, well, it's true. It's also kind of like this numbers thing, right? Like there's just so many counselors for per student. And I can see how in the day-to-day as a career counselor, um, maybe not as a career counselor, but as an advisor, well, both possibly how things might start blurring together if you can't like compartmentalize it. Like this student needs this. And then the next student might look very similar. Right. And, like, you'll have a whole day of, like, similar-looking students or something for whatever reason. Yeah, yeah,
1: absolutely, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Most of our advisors don't, I mean, obviously they don't have a master's. They have bachelors Mm -hmm. in different things, like business, Mm -hmm. science. I mean, they're all different backgrounds. Mm -hmm. Because, again, to be an advisor, you don't need to have a master's in counseling. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. Right. Uh, The pay is different. The status is different. And so, over at the universities, you have advisors. You don't usually have counselors. The counselors, which are usually students going to be a therapist or a psychologist, are the ones that are in the counseling clinical center, Mm -hmm. which you go in for issues. You don't go to see them for advising. Right. The advisors are just students. Usually they're master's students or PhD students. Mm -hmm. So all they know about is that university. Mm -hmm. They're not going to be able to tell you, hey, I want to go get my PhD at, I don't know, Cal State. What do I need? That's not their job. Mm -hmm. Their job is let me just get you through our degree plan and that's it. So you can graduate from here. Right, right. They're not going to know a lot about... Um, state policies—they're not going to know about na- national policies mm-hmm. about educational stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to be a little bit different with an advisor. They're just really, like I said, very prescriptive.
0: Mm-hmm. You know? Okay, I see what you're saying. Does that make yeah. sense? Yeah,
1: that does make sense. And no, a counselor—it's—it's it's the conventional therapy and plus the career, the career counseling.
0: Yeah, yeah. And then because you're trained in conventional therapy and you're trained in like assessment an intervention, how to interpret those, all of that. Mm-hmm. That's also what sets you apart and why you should get paid more and why it's a
1: different status it, it, and it all is, that it stuff. Is a, and it is, a different, it is very yeah. different, very different. We do a lot more. You know, going back to a day in Vanessa, I was uh, just remembering, you know, um, we are also, as a tenured counselor, because we have counselors that are part-time that are not tenured, uh, and then there's the counselors like myself that already went to the tenure process and are now tenured okay so um what that entails of once you are tenured you have to continue to do community service Mm -hmm. um you have to continue to be in committees standing committees Mm -hmm. these are committees that you are appointed uh, to be in by the president Mm -hmm. okay and it's not just one it's several sometimes you have five or six that you have to uh be part of and uh, they meet um You know, sometimes weekly, sometimes every two weeks, sometimes once a month, depending. It can Um, be demanding. Yes. Yes. I mean, in a week, I go to at least three meetings in a week. Mm -hmm. So, and these meetings can be anywhere from an hour to three, four hours. Wow. Just depends. (laughs) Plus, you know, there's different types of committees. There's committees that are more demanding. Uh, For example, uh, interview committees. I'm about to be in a committee to to hire a, a new counselor. And so you have to prepare for that questions before, you know, uh, screening the applicants, all that. It's very time consuming. Mm -hmm. Um, So we're always hiring. um, And so um, we're always on committees like that, like, you know, hiring committees um, where we interview applicants. And then the other committees would be something like program review committees. There's institutional effectiveness committees. How do we improve the college as far as the setting? you know, do we need to plant more trees? Do we need more sitting area? Do we need expansion, stuff like that? There's those committees Mm -hmm. that I'm also on. There's also the committee for um, reviewing policies and procedures for the college, Mm -hmm. okay? And those always need to be changing. Um, So there's a lot involved. It's not just I sit in an office and see students all day. Mm -hmm. Like, I have to do that plus manage, you know, all these meetings and in every committee there's work. Like, do you think that
0: there are other settings that career counselors can thrive in and work in? So I know that you specifically work at a community college. Mm-hmm. Um, other than you, I don't know any other career counselors. So I'm like, where are everybody at? Like, <laughs> where are you at? <laughs> yeah, like where else can people, if they wanted to be a career counselor, go and work? Or
1: Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So um, the Workforce Commission. Has uh oh. huh the Texas workforce? Mm. Um, they have. I'm not sure if they're called counselors, mm-hmm. but you definitely can go work there, and mm-hmm. that's be- pretty much job placement. You know, yeah. a lot of the times. So, um, and they do assess um, the the people that walk in there as well, um, depending on you know their physical abilities, their. Um, intellectual abilities, stuff like that, mm-hmm. then they place them in a job. Okay. Oh, interesting. There. Also, um, the Veteran Affairs has counselors as well. Uh, they help the military find job placement after mm-hmm. um, they're out of the military. You know? Right. Like if they retire
0: and they need mm-hmm. a career. Okay. Yeah. So really any setting where there's... Uh, like career placement or career exploration or training for a career that's where career counselors Mm -hmm. will usually be
1: absolutely interesting
0: that makes sense okay
1: absolutely so there are several places Mm -hmm. out there maybe not a lot but but there are yeah Mm -hmm. very interesting Mm -hmm. all right
0: what is one of the
1: most rewarding parts
0: of your career as a career counselor
1: okay yes so I think um there's there's two um, rewards for me, I think, that, are fu- that it fulfills me. So one is um, when a student is about to leave my office and says, now I know what I want to do. I know what my purpose is. Mm. Um, and they're happy about it. They're excited to start school, you know. Um, and you've removed the barriers mm-hmm. that they had before. Um and now they they're like free to go. Right. Mm-hmm. And and they tell you and they're very verbal about it. And they give you hugs. They come and give you gifts, whatever, because you've helped them. Right. Mm-hmm. And then the second one is I work graduations every semester. I'm the faculty marshal at every graduation for EPCC, El Paso Community College. And seeing that student that you've worked with, knowing where they started, where they came from, and then seeing them the two years after, right? Uh, You've known all the struggles they've had and how they pushed through. And seeing them walk the stage is like the best. Mm -hmm. I'm in tears. I'm there, you know, yelling and screaming and Mm -hmm. jumping around, you know. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I take pictures with them and they're like so happy to see me. You know, they always say, you know, oh, I'm so glad, you know, that you've helped me through this, so... Yeah, definitely works.
0: And my last question for you is um, if you can please give us some advice, general advice, individuals who maybe want to pursue a career in
1: career counseling. You have to want to love to work with people, obviously. Mm -hmm. You you need to be able to communicate well, I think. Um, Have a lot of patience. Mm -hmm. Be open-minded, just like any conventional therapist. Mm -hmm. You have a lot of roles, okay? Mm -hmm. As a career counselor, like I just mentioned, uh, you need to be okay with that. You're not just going to be sitting in an office. And if that's all you want to do, career counseling is definitely not something for you. Mm -hmm. Um, You got to be able to advocate for your student Mm
0: -hmm. as a
1: career counselor in a college setting, Okay. Um so talking to the professors and mediating with the student. You have to have good communication skills. There's a lot of traveling in it as well. Mm-hmm. That's another thing. You need to be flexible with that. Um the schedule is a little bit um also uh, can change. Um you can either work seven thirty to four thirty or eight to five or eight thirty to five thirty. Um, sometimes you have to stay after hours because like I said, you have a line of students and you got to finish them. So you have to be okay with that. Mm -hmm. Um, sometimes you work on weekends. Um, we have new student orientations on Saturdays. Sometimes you have to be okay with talking in front of people, work well with others, your colleagues. Um, you need to be able to work with them. You work with them daily, day in and day out. Again, it's, it's pretty, it can be pretty fast paced. And then there's times that we slow down. You never go to lunch at the same time.
0: If you Uh have a student
1: waiting and you have to go to lunch at 12, guess what? you got to see the student and your lunch has to wait. You'll still get your hour. It's just going to be pushed, Mm -hmm. you know, back or forward or whatever. So you have to be
0: flexible. You have to like people. You have to be a strong communicator. To be a career counselor, you have to have knowledge and a working understanding of assessment and interpretation what that means for the student your conceptualization skills still have to be there like you have to be able to see the student like you said earlier holistically and then what am I going to what do we going to talk about mm-hmm. all of that stuff yeah. so
1: it's a lot there it is, sounds like a lot of stuff. There is a lot at the college, you know, maybe mm-hmm. something like job forcemen or like VA, something like that. I, I don't, you don't have to go to so many meetings or be on committees or do community mm. service. It might not be as demanding in those right. settings. Right, yeah. right, right. And so I, I really like that, that if I get bored of doing counseling, I can go teach, you know, as well. Mm-hmm. Um which I don't. I don't get bored of counseling, but yeah. But I mean, I can. I have that, you know,
0: that option. I think in general, career counselors and therapists have those things in common that it's never boring and you never know what's going to walk through your door or like what kind of problem or what kind of person or mm-hmm. um, every day is a little different. The setting might be the same, but like the people are different. The situations are different. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, very interesting. Mm-hmm. So I think... This is a really important episode because if you are in a counseling program where they do expose you to career counseling, this is how it could be applied. Like, this is what it looks like later, like as a career. Absolutely. Um, Because I think... When you take the class, or at least like when I took the class, it was like, okay, cool. Like these are cool assessments or like whatever. But am I I never really get to use them. I never have used one, you know, yeah. or I just mm-hmm. wouldn't know how to apply it in the setting that I'm in. So I appreciate you coming in and clarifying all these things and also like um, giving people a window into what it's like to be a career counselor. Absolutely.
1: I think it is an area that a lot of people don't talk about for some reason, yeah. And I guess you're right because there isn't a lot of us maybe doing it. Uh, most people go in to do the conventional therapy mm-hmm. when you think of counseling and you're getting a degree in counseling. That's m- where people go mm-hmm. <laughs> mainly, right?
0: And also, it's really how we're heavily trained, right? Mm-hmm. Like to be clinical. That's so it's
1: m- most of our training is yeah. You're absolutely right on mental illness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So this was awesome. Thank you for coming Thanks onto you the for podcast.
0: One last really special and big thank you to Vanessa for coming onto the podcast. To find out more about career counseling, go to www.throughtheeyesofatherapist.org. If you're a therapist and you love a particular show, character, book, or movie, come Contact me at hello at through the, eyes of the therapist.org And maybe we can set up a recording. That's what season three is going to be all about. And as always, thanks again for listening to Through the Eyes of a Therapist Podcast. I'm Crystal Martinez Acosta. Until next time.